know how we maybe we could maybe we could start off being like hey ho let's go <laughs> but i feel like that's kind of cliche Fan point <laughs> nah, <I'm> podcast. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're listening to Fair Point. I'm Nathan Capacer, and I'm Craig Lewis. <clears throat> so, man, since last week, dude, I haven't been able to stop thinking about something the Blockbuster Buster said. Oh yeah, that really awesome web personality that was on our podcast last week. That's the guy. No, the other Blockbuster <laughs> Buster. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's the guy. Sweet. Great which, episode, which, man. Which was it? Episode 51. The, the fucking awesome premiere of this new era of Fairpoint. Uh, and, yeah, uh, Fairpoint 2.0. Whoa, that's too many points. There's just enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great episode, though. Uh, and the blockbuster buster, he brought up um, that he wanted to see uh, Harley and Ivy Adult oh, swim yes. show, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. I remember. Adult-themed comedy show. So you've still been thinking about this? Oh, my God. I can't stop. Is it this because be... you were like editing it and it kept repeating in your brain? Or was it <laughs> no, because no. it actually made you think about this? And now you're like trying to get on a deeper level. Like, what if they did do this? Well, there was a... Why won't they do I think this? it was a combination of, yes, the editing and it being fresh in my head. Uh, I'd go to work, and we have tons of Harley Quinn stuff where I work. And uh, like, huh. that would remind me. And recently I put our uh, Batman episode up on the YouTube and I like to put my like um, and I like to give people something to look at, like even if they're probably just going to play it in the background anyway. But I I put pictures up and I I was finding all my Batman art that was on my hard drive and putting it up and downloading. And you stumbled across the whole crap. And I just see so much Harley Quinn stuff. Poison Ivy stuff. Yeah. Oh, it would be so good. So what was it? About it that you were thinking about, just just the, how awesome it would be, the, just the fact that it would be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, part of me is like, oh, why not Gotham City Sirens with all three of them with Catwoman? But no, it really would, I think, work better. Uh, uh, well, we we're Ivy we're getting our Harley. Gotham City on Fox. <laughs> uh, not the fat, fat, fat. Um, you know how much I love Catwoman, but she could have a great supporting role, and so could Clayface. Like. They've been doing a lot of shit with uh, Poison Ivy and Clayface, and I kind of like yeah. that. Like, she's kind of manipulated him. him a little, yeah. But yeah, that would be so cool. Make it happen, Adult Swim. That would be fucking awesome. Definitely. You don't even really need to have Batman in it. Well, no, yes. he'd, he'd make an appearance once or twice. Maybe yeah, in the but background mostly he'd be following the, point of the a, girls. Yeah, totally. So going one episode further back than that. We're still going further back. Oh, yeah. Oh, now we're, we're going to keep oh, going okay. back until we hit zero. Right, because you didn't destroy the Time Hopper 6000, you irresponsible <laughs> douche. Oh, no. I did. I swear. Still not going to get the warranty for my phone I put back. it in the recycling bin. Um, yeah, you, if you don't know what we're talking about, we recently celebrated our 50th episode. It was a pretty epic thing, a big time traveling thing. Craig, do you it remember? It was the most tiring thing of my life. <laughs> Well, yes, you remember it. Well, it yeah, a, we, it was like a three-hour adventure. Oh, check it out! Yeah, we talk about Chrono Trigger, like not for the full three hours, but for, oh, at, for about at least an hour least, and forty-five minutes. Of it. Yeah, <laughs> and man, we got into some shit. Uh, do you remember when uh, Mecca Brandon Dyer attacked us? Do I remember? There's still a fucking hole in the secret room. No, there's not. We went back in time and fixed it. That's a new hole. I, I have yet to explain you, that one to you. Listen, you got to stop Doc after. Browning in the kitchen, okay? I, I, look, I had the dead boys over. It's, it's a long story. Oh, I thought but, you would create another experiment working no, on something. Well, uh, no, no, no. Actually, though, I did go back and find Mecca Brandon Dyer 
Uh, if you're not familiar, check out our older episode. We had the stand-up comedian Brandon Dyer on. He's hilarious. He's great. And uh, yes, the the robot version of him tried to attack and kill us. Not Brandon Dyer. I don't want to spoil his good name. He has not done anything wrong. This is all Mecca Brandon well, Dyer. Technically, last year he also broke into the secret room. Okay, so he did one thing wrong. Probably more than that. I'm, but, but let's not judge. We're not here to judge. I'm not going to hold it against him. He's I still a good guy. reprogrammed Mecca Brandon Dyer. To, Wait, continue. Well, first of all, he doesn't want to kill us anymore. And second, well, that, second of all, he is now basically functions as our just the facts bot. Uh, he's going to read our just the so, facts for us, make our load a little easier. We have to talk for like two hours. He's going to not who's not doing the just the facts then you and me. We're not doing that anymore. No, I programmed him to. He's just going to do it for us. Like, yeah. like we could take a little vacation from just the facts. Yeah, like a 30 second vacation every episode. Why didn't you lead with this? As awesome as the blockbuster buster is to me, this is way more exciting news. I'm going to rip up all my just the facts uh, notebooks that I have and say sayonara to that. And now he can do it. But wait, now that I think about it. It is very irresponsible to, to keep him around. We probably should just destroy him, oh, too. Oh, no, he'll be fine. No, I think... He's, he wouldn't hurt a fly. Oh, I did already rip up the books. No, it's okay. I looked in his programming. He's not programmed to hurt flies. Can, did you reprogram to never give us up? Or let us down? Or run I'm around? I'm working on it. I'm working on it, but unfortunately... I don't think I can trust it until you have officially been able to do that. Licensing and intellectual property laws have just... It's, it's a Listen, if ordeal. YouTube can get around it, we can, too. Well, anyways, enough pussyfooting around here. And uh, we'll pull over. And, and we'll pull over. And all that aside, this is a CBGB episode. The, this, this, the, the C- iconic the winkin', punk winkin rock episode. Wink no, the CBGB OMFG UG. Wow. OM- Hold on. CBGB OMFUG. Craig, watch your mouth. Oh, my fudge. What could that possibly stand for? Perhaps, uh, I, can boys give blowjobs? Oh my fucking unfathomable God. God. Oh, no, not God. I thought I was going to say God. Yeah, I was going to say God. Yeah, you, you can't have, you can't have uh, God in there. That's, <laughs> we need separation from punk and state. Crooked. Uh, all right, never mind. I, I give up. <laughs> I was going to try Corporate a bicyclists. Ooh, corporate. That's a good one. Corporate bicyclists. Yeah, like guys corporate, that ride bicycles. Corporate businesses. Uh, give birth. Give birth on, on my fucking. Fucking. Well, always. All right, I give up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's. We'll figure out what that stands for a little later in the episode. Ooh, underground. That's a good one. Game Boy. No, see, now I'm just throwing words together (laughs) that start with that letter. Uh, So, yeah, that's going to be fun, though. I I fucking love punk rock. I love New York punk rock. I love hardcore. This is going to be a fun episode. Yeah, I love all that it um, paved the way for, like, all the music that we love today, obviously. Oh, no, I I love a lot of that music more than the hardcore of today. Uh, Um. there's some okay. hardcore of today that I like too. I guess it depends on what subgenre of hardcore we're talking because I can agree and disagree with you at the same time on that <laughs> one, uh, depending on what specific bands we're actually talking about. But I mean, yeah. I like some minor threat shit more than most, like you know, Bring Me the Horizon shit and stuff like that. Yeah, and I like uh, 
the misfits more than the fallout boy uh easy that was too easy that was way too easy <laughs> you know who i like yourself well yeah i mean uh, let's not me. kid around let's not kid around me well, yeah you're pretty cool you're all right you're, you're an all right guy uh my well, girlfriend you better say no i don't like you want me to say i don't like your well, girlfriend not in that way i want you to like her as a <laughs> she's just a friend of yours but don't get any ideas or I'll, ooh, this fist will shake even heavier. Um, no, were you talking about... One uh, last shot. Yeah, we had these guys on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago. We did. Um, episode 48. A few episodes ago, yeah. The Horror like Showdown that. episode. Definitely. Check it out. Uh, we had a bunch really of horror Really cool guys, and they definitely have that uh, punk feel, the hardcore punk feel to them. They're the music. dope, and they're well on their way to Warped Tour. Oh, yeah. You should go online and uh, definitely vote for them. You still got some time left. They could make the Warped Tour, and then you'll be voting for somebody that actually plays good there. Yeah, they've done and are doing everything they can do, but they can't get to Warped Tour on their own. They need your votes. It's just where you come in. Nathan, why don't you tell them where they could go to vote for One Last Shot? Warped.BattleOfTheBands.com slash you slash one last shot. And that was you, the letter, not you like you. And since that was kind of a mouthful, maybe this is the time where you go back 15 seconds in the podcast real quick. Just hit that button in the top left. No, nah, you don't even have to. Your phone. You don't even have to. I'll say it again. Warped.battleofthebands.com slash you slash one last shot. Nathan, I think you and I need to talk you about you making me look bad. You're using a mnemonic or mnemonic. You're making me look bad right now. Uh, I'm trying. Plot device. Whatever. One of those devices to remember it. Who's going to help them get to Warp Tour? You and One Last Shot. So you go to warp.battleofthebands.com slash you slash One Last Shot. But not Y-O-U. You. Just you. I think you're confusing them more now. I am. Letter I, I should probably just quit while well, I'm you shouldn't. Head. You shouldn't type in the word letter. Just just put the letter U in there. The No underscore either. You don't have to highlight the word either. Do it. Do it now. Oh, yeah, and then you get the cookie. No, we, no, no cookies actually promised, though. Disclaimer. Put my cookie down. Listening to Fox News, and my name's John Johnson. I got a couple of news stories for you here. First off, we're under attack. Everybody, you gotta hide. You gotta get knife and Craig. You gotta hide. The aliens are attacking the Taliban first, and then they're gonna come for us next. The Taliban. The terror. Yeah, there was a there was a YouTube sighting. I don't know if I'd be afraid if the aliens were attacking the Taliban. I'd be like, all right. I mean, well, that's once cool. the Taliban's gone, who are they going to go after next, huh? Certainly won't be the commies. They're gone. They're no longer here. <laughs> they already got to them. They're dead. I don't know. I feel like uh, if they were trying to kill everybody, would they start with the well, Taliban? You you, no, you can't say that you know their intentions. So what happened? Oi, basically, this one guy, this this bloody wanker is filming for some reason a Taliban base and then you see As this bloody wankers are known to do yeah but in reality it was it was them US marines that were recording them with probably one of their smart technology phones <laughs> wait so a UFO attacked 
A Taliban yeah, base? Yeah, yeah. Basically, I can't believe the movies got it right before because because it looks like just just a little cardboard thing on a string going back and forth. <laughs> and then... <laughs> and then the explosions just start happening. And I was like, damn, that's what I should have been doing. Get, getting my explosions to work, that is. Because uh, it, so, it, it never worked. So, so a U.S. Marine... Was near a Taliban base, right? And they... So says uh, YouTube, yeah. And they saw a UFO approaching, and they pulled out their smartphone and started recording, and then the UFO bombed the Taliban base? Yeah, that, that sounds about right. First, see, first I thought it was a hoax, because, <laughs> because all, I was thinking to myself, John Johnson, be real with yourself. You can't just... No man is going to sit there and take the, the bloody time to videotape something what going on not three miles from him. But it is a U.S. Marine. Those guys are made of balls. Balls in their, in their sacks, balls in their head, well, balls in their knee, kneecaps. They got balls on their feet, too. <laughs> this is, that's my point, though. It's a U.S. Marine, dude. So... Hold right, on. right. So is he's got in, what it takes to man up and yeah, take that video. Guy Fox, is it in U.S. I'm sorry, John Johnson. <laughs> is it in U.S. Marine like protocol that if you're stationed near a Taliban base and a suspicious unidentified aircraft is suddenly approaching, are you saying it's a U.S. drone? You do is you just pull out your smartphone and start recording? No, I feel like if these if these Marines were really under the impression that that was an unidentified flying object well, approaching both their base well, think and of it this the way. Taliban base, I feel like they would have directives, and I feel like they would they would be like, oh fuck, we better do something. What if they're coming to attack us or the Taliban base or whatever? I well, don't I don't think their first instinct would be pull out their phone. It's an alien. Well, think of it this way, because I thought of that too. I did. I really did. And I'll tell you what. You, they, I swears on it. I swears on it. And you should just hear me out now. <laughs> you see, first off, do you really think there's a U.S. directive on what to do when a, when a UFO attacks America? No, you know, like enemy soil. Yes, there is. I, I, I doubt that. You, I doubt on. that because they're still denying anything exists. No, you're, okay. what, what he's you're doing, saying an alien spaceship, Guy Fox, not a UFO. There's a difference. When an unidentified flying object that has nothing to do with aliens, that's just saying Oi, it's but a it flying like a object Falcon. that hasn't been identified, approaches two important military bases. Come to think of it. U.S. It looked, Marines would have certain things they had to do. They're not going to pull out their like, phone and be like, oh, shit, an alien, y'all. It looked awfully like a 1976 Kenner Millennium Falcon. <laughs> you can't argue with that. But anyways, so first off, this guy was supposed to call his sergeant to see what to do in this kind of situation because they've never been through any of this before. So, <laughs> but you got to think, they're in, they're in Afghanistan in the desert. There's no bars there. There's no bars. So what you go to do is... You just got to start taking video. So then you got proof. You got proof that this is happening. And the first thing you do is upload it to the YouTubes. Oh, because there were no bars to call their superiors. Right, but That's, there was LTE. I thought you meant there were there, no bars, like to get drunk. No, so no. To there occupy is, their time, they just go it, like, film like television. Anybody, anybody that phones. has a smartphone nowadays knows there's 
Never enough bars to make a call, but you sure have enough 4G to surf the web. That's just the truth. That's just how it is. That's what it's like with my Android. That's how it was in the 1800s. That's how it is now, I tell you. So, this episode of Fairpoint is dedicated to the memory of Sir H.R. Geiger. Oh, so many... Yes. Yeah, no, fuck it. Let's canonize him. You're canonized. The second man to be knighted here on the podcast. Uh, Michael he, Crichton. His H. contribution Geiger. to science fiction is just art tremendous. And, yeah. Uh, he died last week, May 12th. Horrible, sad story. 74 years old. He died from injuries sustained from falling down. Something as simple as falling. That so, is awful. He did not have a life alert bracelet. Let that. I'm not even going to make a joke about that. I'm just being serious. Yeah, right I mean, out. let that kind of. Well, no, he died in the hospital. I mean, oh, yeah, should make people like us appreciate our youth here in. Uh, yeah, definitely. Here, uh, approaching age thirty. Uh, yeah, I can still, still walk around on my own. So yeah, like we fall down, we're like, "Fuck, god damn it!" Yeah, we're like, like, "Ouch, my butt hurts." You know, like, "Ooh, I bruised my shin." H.R. Geiger, you will be missed. If you're not familiar, H.R. Geiger was the artist responsible for... I'm sure you guys, if you haven't seen the movies, you're familiar with the Alien franchise. Like Alien vs. Predator. Uh, It was Geiger that created those xenomorphs. Yeah, they hired him to create the designs. And uh, a lot of his earlier art you know, reflected that. It's a lot of really uncomfortable, dark, weird, sexually fantastic art. Yeah, thanks for your contributions. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, on to some science news. Cheesy disaster movies almost became true stories. Oh, man, that sounds awesome. No, it doesn't. That would have meant the world was destroyed. Uh, you're not punk rock enough for me, sir. <laughs> oh, man, anarchy in the U.S. Of a. <laughs> uh, no, there was, there was an asteroid that was the size of a bus that came so close to Earth, it was closer than the moon. To Earth and it zipped right by us. Holy shit! Closer than the moon. That's yeah. the name of my high school poetry collection. No, I'm just, I don't know. <laughs> that would have been such a poetic name. <laughs> it was discovered Wednesday, April twenty eighth. I feel like it, this didn't get to be bigger news because if it had breached the Earth's atmosphere, it probably would have been the size of a baseball by the time it landed on you know made impact with the ground. Oh yeah. Just you know, just think about it. All those horrible toxins that we pollute the earth with would have destroyed that <laughs> and just the natural <laughs> atmosphere yeah well because it eats Probably away more yeah. so the natural like all atmosphere. the friction all the yeah. friction of that stuff you know joining together so just if you could take yeah, anything sure, away from this it's Trey. that polluting is actually benefiting us from being no, buffeted no, by asteroids no, hold on because that's what's responsible for holes in the ozone layer asteroids pollution like, the pollution actually hurts the atmosphere. I'm not following you. It deteriorates the atmosphere that protects us. Right, but us. then they work together, and they, no. both, they both attack. No, they don't poison they see the that asteroid. As, yes, they see that it's a it's common like a threat. It's a Pokemon attack. They just use toxic. <laughs> and then by the time the asteroid reaches Earth, yeah. its HP you is know, down to it's... zero. No. Your pro-pollution agenda is not wanted here. Let's, okay, we need to stop for a second and reevaluate what I'm doing. With myself, because somehow no, I just... you need to stop for a second and reevaluate. Oh, fair what enough. You're doing okay, with that's a fair point. But I just realized 
I now on the internets have a pro pollution agenda, <laughs> which is so like, I just want to stop this before it gets too carried away. And people start thinking I'm serious or something. <laughs> Send all hate mail to Fairpoint Podcast at yahoo.com. Speaking of space news, according. Oh, I thought you were going to go with another S. I'm sorry for interrupting right there, but space... I was just a little disappointed. Snooze. Speaking of space news. I'm trying to think of like a synonym for news that begins with an S. Go ahead. Apparently, we have all night. Yeah, I can just edit it down. I'll just sit here for a couple hours and think. Okay. Oh, man. I don't know, dude. I feel like we're just wasting time. Those couple of hours like dragged, and I haven't thought of anything. <laughs> what? Um, what? I was, I kind of dozed yeah. off there. What time is it? it? I don't know. I think we were talking about, oh, oh. Dude, we've really been sitting here for that long? It's cool, dude. We haven't even got to CBGB yet. Let's, oh, my let's, let's God. Go. At least I got a nap in. Fucking Star Wars, Episode 7, man. I feel like we're, there's going to be a lot of talk about that in between now and, now and then. Whenever yeah. it comes out, I feel like the same thing. Um, apparently, Dennis Lawson. Now, that's the actor that portrayed Wedge Antilles. Oh, yeah, was, one of the minor characters of the... Yeah, it was Luke's friend who went off to become an X-Wing pilot, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know this. I don't know why I asked you. Um, yeah, apparently he was contacted about reprising his role in Episode 7. Oh, little small things that would make, you know, the nastiest of nerd fanboys, like, be okay with it. Because they're like, oh, they, they got the original Wedge. Yeah, Fuck. He, he the, turned it down. What a dick. <laughs> he said, quote, unquote, they asked me... But it would have just bored me. Being in the new, highly anticipated Star Wars would have bored you? Yeah, okay, dude. Yeah, sure. You do you while you're over there. Who does he whatever. think he is? Does he think he has a sweet gig like Pat Sajak on Wheel of Fortune or something? Yeah, the other 7 like, billion of us are just going to throw all our money at Disney in this movie. Absolutely. So, uh, you have fun with your... You must have a really exciting life, Wedge Antilles, because oh, yeah. nobody gives a fuck about Wedge Antilles. And they gave you an opportunity to be in Star Wars Episode Seven, and you're like, all I can think about, dude, all I can think is I have a friend who... You call him, you ask him to come out with you guys. Hey, we're all going out. Why don't you come along? Or why don't you come over? We're, me and my roommate are just hanging out, playing no, some video games. Boring. Whatever. And he's just like, no, man. No. Nah. I'm just going to stay home. And I, all, I can picture, all I can picture is him at home on his computer. Typing on Facebook <laughs> saying how bored he is. And he's like, nah, I'm good on episode seven. Yeah, not nah, whatever. I think I'm just going to stay home. Go back to that game of solitaire. Almost got it one. Do do you think um, Wedge has basically given up on actual movies and like he's just doing obscure no. local theater? No, he's he's done a few TV shows and movies in the last few years. Like he's oh. he's still acting. Because at least if he was to do that, it'd be like okay, I can at least respect what you're trying to do now. No, I guess dude, that dude but. apparently just has the most exciting life on earth because filming Star Wars Episode Seven oh, is yeah? too boring for him to take a couple million dollars to do. I'm sure. Police, I don't know how much they're gonna pay him, but I'm sure Policeman Number Four in that episode of Law and Order SVU two years ago is uh, was exciting enough. Now, here's what I have to say. Billy D. Williams wants to fucking do episode seven. And that's because that's all he knows. Dude, I haven't heard shit about them asking him to do it. So if he's not in this episode, but they asked Wedge Antilles and got turned down by him, 
if you ask anybody who Billy D. Williams is, the only two responses you're ever going to get are Lando and Harvey Dent. Even though he was only Harvey Dent for like five minutes of one movie. Yeah, really? I don't know about that. I still know him as Harvey Dent. Wasn't he famous on TV for something? Didn't he do something on TV? Oh, definitely. Like, I I couldn't tell you off the top of my head what it was. I just know I would love to meet that man because he seems like the coolest person in the world. One of my favorite pieces in my book collection. I've never read it, but it's so cool. It looks so cool with its pimp-ass purple cover and everything. It's Lando Calrissian and the mind harp of some planet. And uh, it shows him and the Millennium Falcon and a bunch of shit on the cover. And it's all like, it's a pretty dope book. I was definitely happy when I found it for like a dollar at a used bookstore. He's like, the Millennium Falcon used to be mine. I'm Lando, and I'm awesome. And there goes your girlfriend, Craig. (laughs) Where did she go? (laughs) Lando, no! No, Lando! He's too cool for me. Oh, boy. Big news recently announced. Oh, yeah, I already know. You know what? Of course I already know, Craig. What? What what is it that you already know? Go ahead. The news you're about to drop. Oh, okay. No, just go ahead and say it. I mean... No, 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 no. Since you already know, we don't need to discuss yeah, that doesn't it. doesn't mean our listeners know. Nope. They've, they've now have lost. What about lost. Guy, think of Guy Fox? They missed out because of you and you already knowing. Their loss, your fault. All right, all gonna... Well, cue the Just the Facts theme then. No, I want to talk about it. Okay. I changed my mind. All right, all right, let's spit it out. Two new games are being released in November of 2014 this year, i.e. I said that backwards. <laughs> <laughs> that works. I'm just correcting my mistake in retro. Um, yeah, the they're releasing Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha <gasps> Sapphire. <gasps> but it says the trailer that I saw, the little teaser trailer, uh, did say that it was a whole new game and a whole new land, you know, and whatever. But they are using the same exact legendaries from Ruby and Sapphire, the original ones. Now, yeah, that is a sort of real big point of speculation in the Pokemon community right now. This may not be Hoenn. Hoenn was the original region that Ruby and Sapphire took place in. And the commercials do say a whole new land or right, to explore. A new world, a new to world explore. yeah. A new world to explore. A new adventure awaits, blah blah blah. Alright, here's here's where I'm standing. I feel like people are reading too deep into that and that was a misstep on them saying a whole new world to explore when So it was you a think remake. it is gonna be a revamp? I think. But if it's not, I'm down. If it is, I think it's pointless. Hear me out. Well, why wouldn't they just, if it was a whole new one, why not make two new legendaries, you know? Well, those legendaries have to do with the whole Earth. So there's no reason those legendaries should only show up in Hoenn. That's just where they showed up. They're not Pokemon native to Hoenn. That's just where all that shit went down. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like most of the other just regular but I mean, Pokemon. How, then how come they created? haven't shown up in any of the Cause it already later happened. games? It already happened. Maybe it's about to happen again. Maybe some shit's about to go down again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
Maybe but, it's uh, a sequel. Maybe it's connected to Team Flare. Maybe it is. Because there was Team Aqua and Team Magma. Yo, Team Flare can eat a dick. But uh, They are not stylish. Those suits I, look ugly as fuck. This no, is, ugly AF. Let's Boom. just stay on topic. This is where I stand on Oh, yeah, don't get it. me started on Team Flare. hate those little bastards. Red and Blue were remade because you couldn't trade any Pokemon from the original Game Boy games to... A DS game. Only right. Game Boy Advance. So that's why they remade them as Game Boy Advance games. Okay. Well, to interact with the other Game Boy Advance games. But very soon it became DS. Then Gold and Silver were remade because they were Game Boy games. So they remade them as DS Heart games. Gold and Soul Silver. Yes. Ruby and Sapphire are Game Boy Advance games. So, so there, there still is a legitimate way for you to play Ruby and Sapphire on your Game Boy Advance and then take those Pokemon you raised and move them up to X and Y. You can totally still do it. Right. So I feel like there's no reason to arbitrarily remake Ruby and Sapphire. Because you can, you can actually physically do it with the yeah. current Ruby Get and a Sapphire. copy of that game and play it, man. Uh, but is, the, is the heart gold and soul silver? Now, what's the difference between uh, that and, like, and the gold and silver? It's the same game. It's literally the it's same game. It's a remake. That's all it is. It's the okay. same game. Storyline-wise, it is the same exact well, game. It in doesn't a, in take... a way, aren't all of them kind of the same game? Well, no, no, no. What, there, is, there is a timeline and history to the Pokemon universe. Gold and Silver had a specific storyline in the timeline. Heart Gold and Soul Silver are the same exact storyline. They're not a new story. They're just a prettier ds version of the same Ah, story so that you can actually play that story and upload those pokemon to your newer games you know right well this alpha and omega i mean we're kind of holding them to it that they set a new world that's what i'm saying if this is either one or the other or both if this is a new region and or a new story i'm down i'm fucking down if this is just a remake of the same thing i feel like it's a little arbitrary and Unnecessary. Well, let's hope it's very necessary. Let's hope. was founded by a Hold man. Hold on, stop for a second. I'm sorry. I just, I, I am not, it's going to take me a little bit to get used to the Just the Facts bot. Yeah, get used to it, Craig. He's not going anywhere. Well, good. I'm tired of, yeah, good. It sounds uh, cool. So yeah, the club was founded by Hilly Crystal, and uh, Hilly Crystal was a man who was born in 1931. He spent most of his life in New York City and New Jersey. Yeah, he was born in New York, but raised in New Jersey. They and moved, then he like, moved. right after he was born, right? Yeah. 
But he moved back. He moved back to to New York. And eventually he became a singer in a male choir and started experimenting with playing folk songs. But Oh, he uh he actually sang at uh, Radio City Music Hall with the choir, right? With the choir, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is cool because I've I've been there. And that's why it's cool. And that's why it's cool. I've been there and I saw Coheed and Cambria there. Whoa, Coheed! And that's why Punk it's rock. That's why you're cool, Hilly Crystal. <laughs> and that's why you're cool, Hilly Crystal. Because you, you performed at a place that I've been. <laughs> well, he did play some solo music, you know, some rock and roll, if you, if you can consider folk rock and roll. And eventually decided performing wasn't really for him and uh, decided to manage clubs from that point on. Oh. <clears throat> so, yeah, he managed a really popular jazz club that had a lot of high-profile you know, performing acts, and in the Ooh, 60s... Jazz Club. Oh, is that was when he co-founded the Central Park Music Festival, right? It was sponsored by Ringgold Beer. Rheingold Beer? Yeah, that was exactly what happened. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good like that. Yeah, they ran that, that festival for a while. Yeah, up until 1976, actually. But in all honesty, uh, Hilly Crystal only partook in it for the first few years. Partook in it, meaning... You know, like... You don't mean played music. You just No, mean, like, I mean like setting it up. It, had had something to do with handed over the putting reins. it out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was actually when they changed their sponsors. He just he just stopped being involved and he was like, nope. Yeah, I don't like Rolling Rock. It was Rolling Rock. It was? It? Was no, it? I don't know. Uh, that's a shame because Rolling Rock is, is... That's pretty tasty for PA beer. So yeah, Hilly Crystal was... He was running another bar in the West Village, which was just called Hilly's. Eventually, complaints from all the neighbors about the noise ended up forcing them to close. You, oh, come on, you tightwads. Who cares? You got music playing for free in your neighbor's place. I don't care if you're trying well, to... Yeah, s- but it was, in a, it was in a nice area of New York City. So uh, that ended up forcing him to shift his focus to his other bar, Hillary's... Hillary's... Hillies on the Bowery. 315-315-31... If nobody probably understands this... But that's our area code. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's right there on the fucking awning of yeah. CGB. Yeah, that's awesome. 315. And I'm like, the first time I saw that, I was like, wait, what? How is that connected to me? It's got to be connected to me in some like, way. Yeah, a couple seconds later, I was like, oh, it's the address. Day. Well, yeah, he changed the name to CBGB and OMFUG, which stands for Country, Bluegrass, Blues. And other music for uplifting gormandizers. A gormandizer is kind of like uh, like a glutton, like yes. somebody that just eats more than they need to eat. Just but he kind of put it that way as, as like a music glutton, somebody that just yeah. wants more and more music. He described them as a voracious eater of music. If anybody can describe it that way, it'd be hilly. <laughs> So yeah, this this place was underneath a flop house. People really didn't care about the loud music. There was mostly just drug addicts, disabled yeah, was, veterans, alcoholics, mentally like impaired, a, a bad neighborhood, people. right? Yeah, just derelicts everywhere. People passed out on the sidewalks drunk. There were muggers would frequent the area so they could prey on the old and drunk, and really they didn't like pose much of a danger to normal people. Uh, right, because they're just but, dumb junkies. Yeah, they wouldn't really fuck with you if, if you weren't old and If drunk. you were sober and, you know, under sober 40. Under 40 and over 15. 
So obviously he started this club with an intention to host country bluegrass and blues. Yeah, he said it was uh because that was what was popular at the time. And I think it was CBGB before it was CBGB and OMFUG. Yes, I believe you're right on that as well because he thought he would try to get you know some of those acts in there and make money off of it. But it kind of went in a different direction, and thank God for that, honestly. Well, he had two rules for booking bands. Uh, Number one, they had to play their own original music, and number two, they had to move their own equipment. Obviously, the music rule, it was twofold. Yeah, it it was kind of like he didn't really want to end up paying royalties, sort of, for people covering music. Yeah, because, and this is important, live performances, playings of clips... All of that is considered a performance. Yes. And if you don't own what you're playing, playing, you, you, gotta, you are, gotta pay for you that. You have to have licensing rights. So yeah, he didn't want to pay royalties. Oh yeah, a whole lot of money. That's what we're talking about is the money. But it wasn't just that. He really liked to encourage bands that were dedicated to the music. So like he didn't want to have anything to do with people that just wanted to get girls and play the the latest you know, rock fucking pop songs. Yeah. And just, you know, go out there and be like what I kind of hear at more local bars around here that have more local acts that don't play any of their own music. Local acts to every, you know, local bar. Everybody knows it. Of course. Like you said, everywhere. He wanted to encourage bands that were really, and that's cool because at the time there weren't a lot of, uh, there weren't a lot of venues for, kids to get out there and and just play their own shit like it's either you already had to be a big star or you or you know you're just nothing and it gave all these kids the confidence to just get up on stage with their guitars like well a lot think, of it too was the style i mean they weren't playing the yeah style it wasn't what was popular people wanted a book that was gonna but it became as far popular as they were concerned also, I mean, it's funny that it, it's kind of like he wanted bands that were really dedicated to the music. And a lot of these bands, and I don't mean this as a uh, detriment to them or anything, if, if I'm using that word correctly, but a lot of these bands were more dedicated to they really needed to get this, this voice, this idea, or this attitude, or any of those in conjunction out. And uh, a lot of the music often was really simple, a return to very simple, basic chords of rock and roll and, and just loud and simple right. fucking... It was more about the energy of, uh, of the band playing. New York hadn't really developed like its own punk rock scene at this point. It's, it's there had been punk rock bands, but... I didn't even they mean were to say punk rock fewer scene. Fewer and further between. I took a misstep when I said punk rock scene. New York hadn't developed its own scene. Like, it pretty much followed music trends from England, imitated the right. West Coast. And around this time, though, Andy Warhol started getting big. You know the artist? Yeah, yeah. He was the one that painted a can of soup. <laughs> True, but it had a much bigger effect on New York than that. I mean, that really did kind of kick off. Oh, the he did start. a lot of drugs too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that like really most artists of the time. That was a unique scene that or was developing time. from New York, as opposed to New York being. I mean, New York was always this cultural hub that definitely did feature artistic innovation. Like that was big in New York, but it was never its own particular style. It just had. Right. Everyone from everywhere. And and with Andy Warhol and then eventually like the Velvet Underground, you know, really like New York started kind of having its own style its and own, indicators. Its own scene. And it was the punk scene. It was the new wave rock. 
I mean, a lot of famous bands now, they've came out and said they owe everything to like being able to start off at the CBGB. Totally. Being able to get their voices out there and be heard. You know, up until this point, like the California and like San Francisco scene was all this like flower power, hippie shit. Right. No, dude, it's awesome. I love it. But well, I mean, uh, it was it was right there. And like we're in disco town for pop music at the time, you know, disco. That yeah. was New York. You're saying not California. Disco was totally New York. It wasn't in California at all? Well, yeah, I mean, it was everywhere. But I figured yeah, there it was, was just everywhere. disco in New York. But I don't know. I mean, New York didn't have the same type of conditions as California and San Francisco. And it was plagued with, like, all sorts of problems, like poverty, crime, drugs. Like California wasn't plagued with that yet. To an extent, but I mean, New there York... There was no South Central LA yet. <laughs> New York, like, really... I don't, this, this environment kind of harbored, like, the punk scene... To develop all this from social the yeah. folk scene because at that point New York was really into folk like it was that oh, was yeah. the big thing like clubs were booking folk that Bob Dylan like all that was huge yep. and punk really did kind of at least New York punk I mean developed from folk so some bands that really got their start like played at CBGB in their early days uh, a lot of really fucking big names we got. Yeah. The Ramones, Talking Heads, Blondie, The Misfits, The Dead Boys, Television, Patti Smith, B-52s, like a lot of fucking bands. Um, do you listen to any of these bands, Craig? Not on the regular. I I do appreciate most of the music. I like... Let's go through the list. Okay. Let's go through the list. Okay. All right. The Are Ramones. you just going to be calling me out on this shit? Both of us. Okay, both of us. Verdicts. The Ramones. Verdict. Um, I, I first heard them probably as a kid in a car commercial, you know, like, with Blitzkrieg, Bob. Hey, oh, let's go. You know, but, uh, and I love that as a kid, but uh, I don't, like, listen to them on the regular. I do like their music. I, I think I like them a little more than you do. I like well, their the style. Ramones. I think they're cool as fuck. Yes, like, very cool. Dude, like their yeah, their style. Their, and I remember them like their iconography, really fucking cool. The I remember being itself, like 12 or 13 and seeing I want to be sedated, the music video on I like, like MTV song. or whatever. I obviously the song came out well before then, before yeah. I was 12 or 13, but that's when I saw, it, you know. And I remember really enjoying the Here's song. The thing and, too, man. You can't name a Ramon song that I'll be like no, I don't like that song. Except maybe uh, Rock and Roll High School. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but, like, no, you're not going to name a Ramon song, and I'm not going to be like, oh, I don't like that song. Like, of course, all their songs, like, are likable. But to me, they're kind of like the Beach Boys of punk rock. Does that make sense? Uh, they're long-lasting? No. <laughs> <laughs> they're... Uh, no, that doesn't make really? sense. Really, it doesn't make like, sense. Like the Beach Boys. Of I punk? thought it would be self-evident. Yeah. Dude, okay. Just like they're like, bop 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 a doo bop. Oh, okay. These are our fucking songs. Only they don't like to do mostly harmonizing bullshit. Yeah, they don't harmonize. <laughs> Instead of harmonizing, it's it's loud rock yeah, and roll. Exactly. Replace but they... the harmonization with loud rock and roll, though. And I think I think. I think you've got the same type of songs. Oh, they sure, they sure. Uh, I'm following you now. I was about to call you a ninny, but but you redeemed yourself. Never gets old. Our listeners probably disagree, but we fucking love it. 
I, I know my girlfriend disagrees. <laughs> really? Yeah, she, well, because I do it around her constantly and she, I annoy the crap out of her just with it. <laughs> Blondie, verdict. Not a fan. No? No. Uh, I know pick. you are. I you love You actually Blondie. are a Blondie Blondie's fan. Blondie's awesome. Uh, I just, have always, I never really associated Blondie with uh, the punk rock movement. Well, it's and funny. Everything. We were talking about we this were. before the podcast. Like, I associate her with uh, infomercials. Yeah, when I was a kid, you know, we'd see these little clips on the, the sounds of the seventies. Yeah, buy it today, seventeen ninety nine. And just show like all these dollars yeah. shipping and handling. Four seconds order of it all today. Like, Fifteen order songs it now in the next fifteen seconds, and we'll also throw in. Yes, the sounds of the eighties too. And that's why where we heard all our Chicago yeah, and songs. Yeah, you'd hear a little like. Little clips, and yeah, you're like, yeah, that corny old music. Yeah, I had no idea as a kid how important and awesome Blondie was to music. Punk yeah, rock exactly. And- but it's just not my thing. Huh? I'm not really into the music. Go out at night and drive real far, and hold on, hold on. No and offense, then- Nathan, but you singing Blondie isn't going to change my mind at all. <laughs> uh, and you go. To the parking lot and you get in your car and you drive real far and you drive all night till you see a light. Is and, that Blondie? And down comes the man from Mars and he shoots you dead and he eats your Oh, head. I told you. The Taliban, <laughs> the Taliban's getting blowed up. Um, The Misfits, verdict. Oh, the Misfits are cool as shit. With me, it's more like your view of the Ramones is the way I view the Misfits. Okay. Almost. I'm not as much in love with their band. Uh, my girlfriend is actually a huge Misfits fan. You know, I don't I go think my way to listen to it. Their songs sound cool as hell, but I feel like you listen to too much of them, and, well, I listen to too much of them, and I get sick of the dude's voice. Uh, yeah. Danzig, right? Danzig. Yeah. Dead Boys, verdict. There's some fucked up, really <laughs> crazy dudes. The album's <laughs> fucking amazing, though. Uh, young... Yeah, they're Young, really cool. Is it? What? I love this album so much that I don't remember its name. That's because I'm fucking punk rock. Fuck you. Yeah, you don't need to remember its name. That's what punk rock is. Who cares? <laughs> I, dude, that, that album's fucking brilliant. I love it. It's I don't know. No, it's not brilliant. It's just fucking punk. And I'm not going to say any foreshadowing or anything, but Cheetah Chrome looks an awfully like Ron Weasley. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Just making that statement. Ron Weasley from Harry Potter. Yeah, 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 I just don't know. Looks like him. I'll take your word for it. Television. Verdict. You ever listen to Marky Moon? No, not really. Oh, it's so good. Probably things I'm missing out on from... Listen to the download. I mean, buy. Buy now. iTunes. iTunes. Fucking punk rock. Break into a Best Buy and steal it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, you (laughs) you got a very good idea. If... Yo... And, and then when they stop you, just be like, what, I'm punk rock. Oh, fuck. <laughs> he is right, though. And then, <laughs> it's the Bobbies. It's, he's, it's the Canadian Bobby, eh? Uh, I lost. I, it's Ooh, the Canadian, it's a Canadian Bobby. Bobby, hey? Oh, he is punk rock, though. Oh, he is pretty punk rock. He's going to scare my kids. Oh, I, I guess you're right. I guess boy in a punk hey, rock Hey, you album. stop it there. I you're going to cause some property damage. I'm usually pretty good at Canadian. I can't do Canadian today. Oh, no, not for today. No, not today, though. No, not today, eh? Oh. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no. That's some discomfort. Uh, the Patty Smith Group. Verdict. Another one I never really listened to. I didn't know as well as uh, some of the other bands. 
but I did actually listen to a, like, I like her of, poetry. Yeah, she's she's very uh, passionate. And the music's not bad in any sense. It's just the curse of being born too late. That music was already commercialized and played out. Oh, is Patty Smith part of the Smiths? Because <laughs> if, if she is, I'll buy all her albums right now. <laughs> I don't. I steal them from Best Boy. I will. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to blow up the front entrance of Best Boy. <laughs> Talking Heads. Verdict. Ah, oh, they're cool as fuck. Yeah, I know you like Talking Heads. I do like Talking Heads. My relationship with the Talking Heads is I like a few of their big songs. They're yeah, one of those too. bands. I only really listen to a couple of the singles that I like, and I've tried listening to their albums, and they're just not for me. But no, they're, they've yeah, got they're, some pretty uh, cool songs. I well, mean, no disrespect. Like uh, one of my favorite songs from the seventies. Like if I had to separate them in the genres, would be Psycho Killer. That's one of their big songs, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but it's one of the it's one of their big songs. Thankfully, because it's one of the best songs, and not just it's one of the most commercialized. Because they're punk rock. They don't commercialize nothing. So yeah, Hilly Crystal eventually did manage the Dead Boys. Yep, at one point. But and he couldn't control them. No, fucking dude. In 1978, they got into this altercation in Manhattan where Johnny Blitz, uh, the drummer, yeah. got stabbed in the chest. How many times do you think he got stabbed, Craig? 17. You're good at this. I've played this game before. <laughs> 17. It's like it's like when you pretend that you haven't touched the scene underneath your bed and you invite your friends over. <laughs> so do you think, does that hold up to 50 Cent being shot nine times? Does that equal out? Or Yeah, honestly, um, it's one thing Dane Cook got right. I think it would be worse to get stabbed than uh, shot. Really? Yeah. So you think Johnny Blitz... I'd rather worse than Fifty Cent. Absolutely, I'd rather. And I don't think Fifty Cent got shot nine times at once. I think it, it was, was like spread out, maybe four times. It was spread out once, yeah. twice. We, well, because well, here's the thing: gunshot wounds are more fatal, obviously, depending on where you get hit. But I'd rather be grazed in the arm by a gunshot wound than stabbed in that same arm. Oh, I thought you were about to say in the chest. Yeah, I would rather I would rather be grazed in the arm by a gunshot wound than stabbed in the no, chest. As no, no, well. because I didn't say the chest because I am not trying to be silly right now. I'm being serial, <laughs> super serial. Uh, what's kind of cool is that while dude was in the hospital, they actually threw a benefit for him. And who do you think filled in for him on drums? One of the Ramones. No, John Belushi. No. Yeah. No, that didn't happen. Yeah, dude, that's pretty dope. The Blues Brothers is a movie, Nathan. <laughs> and he was one of the singers. <laughs> the Blues Brothers. Anyways, so this whole CBGB scene, it was also really popularized by Punk Magazine. Yeah, that's the magazine by punks for punks, right? <laughs> yes. They actually claim to have invented the word punk, but they're full of shit. Uh, they didn't invent the word punk. Um, Cream Magazine actually used it earlier a few times. And you know, a lot of I, would, I wouldn't that... have been surprised if Iggy Pop was the one that said he coined the word punk. He probably did coin it and exactly. didn't remember it. He never, yeah. he never claimed to have because he forgot. <laughs> of course. He was fucked Same thing up. with the stage dive. And, yeah, you we know... didn't even mention Iggy Pop. He was another act. That he, cool us... as fuck. Cool as fuck. Yeah. Stooges but... are cool as fuck, too. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, Peter Bag did stuff in punk. Have you ever? Do you, are you familiar with Peter Bag? 
Um, if I say no, will you laugh at me? No. Okay, then no. No, I'm just going to go in my room right now and dig up my boxes and make you borrow my Peter Bag comics. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, he did comics for punk. Um, his Probably his crown achievement was this comic called Hate, which was about Buddy Bradley, and it was this kind of... Boo Bradley? Buddy Bradley. Oh, man. you! I was like, wow, to kill a mockingbird. Dude, <laughs> that's where they all come. It's amazing. Me. Unfortunately, I only have the second volume, and I'm not going to let you read it without reading the first volume first. Fair enough. But uh, it's called Hurt. Hate. Hate. Horrible name for a fucking comic. But just like, especially if I try to find it on Amazon, it like five hundred thousand matches will happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Hate Peter Bag. It's it's great, dude. And uh, it, it kind of came about in like the '90s grunge scene, so it's got a lot of that in it, but. It just perfectly displays like disillusion, Generation X, fucking working class people and their drama and their issues. Generation it's, X? It, it's great. When did that? St- I thought that started in like the 90s. There's no serialization. There's no three act structure. It's just this dude and his life and his issues with his family, his friends, his girlfriend. So it's more like, akin it's to uh, a punk version of a Garfield comic? It's very punk and it's awesome. And no, I thought you were going to say like it's very like Garfield. Nothing like Garfield. He hates Mondays and loves lasagna. That may be true, but I mean, let's be <laughs> That's real. That's all we need. Let's be real. Who doesn't? True. True. Well, I mean, I'm about to be loving Mondays. That's about to be my only day off. Yeah, you'll love them because you'll be eating lasagna. On a Monday. Lasagna Mondays. You can have the veggie lasagna. I'm good. I'll just have like spaghetti. Can I have some spaghetti? Garlic bread? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Can we just go I'd to have to make. I'd have to make uh, exceptions for lasagna Monday. It's spaghetti Saturday. If you want spaghetti, let's do it on Saturday. Word. Let's do it. Yeah. Can I have some meatballs? Absolutely. Awesome. Can I have some sausage? Sure. Well, I don't want sausage. Okay, then no, you can't. Well, no, you still can't. Stop trying to tell me to. I can't do what I want to do. You can do what you don't want to do. What you want to do, you can do whatever the fuck you want, as long as you ain't hurting other people. There you go. Stifling my creativity again. (laughs) So in the 80s, uh, hardcore shows really started becoming popular at the Sunday night matinee at CBGB. That's what they called the Sunday night hardcore. Oh, yeah, because what made it more hardcore that was on the the day of the Sabbath. I believe no. I believe there was a plan in that, you know, because they were like anti-religion, anti-establishment. You know, no, no. Nope, I'm that's firm not what, in my belief wait, on that. Wait, wait, though. That's not what punk's about. Punk, Anarchy. No. Punk rock. No. Be yourself. Punk's not even about punk, dude. Not at all, dude. Punk is not about anti-establishment. Punk is not about anti-religion. Punk is about complete total free self-expression and and complete just complete total freedom like from any of this like but it turns into anti-establishment and often because often the establishment is hindering that hindering your freedoms and often religions hinder that but by no means is punk by definition Anti Listen, we're not talking things. about by definition. No. I'm just making statements. Yeah, you're right. Here. No, you're right because <laughs> punk is fuck by definition. Yeah, there there's no, no definition. definition for punk. I get it. I get yeah. it. There, but I just feel like it has something to do with it. Some people were like, "Yeah, fuck religion," you That's know, true. and they're like, "Let's do this. Fuck That's the Sabbath." True. And some people 
did other there's vegan punks. did other things dude but i mean there's vegan punks and there's punks that'll fuck meet up there's straight edge punks and there's punks that love to do nothing but get fucked up there's fucking dude it, it's not punk about is punk. Punk following is all rules. it is it's about setting your own standards and either following them or not following them Ruse the way we're rocking. I'm not we even saying it's a good no thing. Ruse. Punk is not a good thing. It's not a bad thing either. It's, it's which a is thing. about what? Anarchy. Without any rules, what's that create? Anarchy. Chaos. And that's what a lot of people take punk to be as a Yeah, but you know what? Is it a rule that you can't enforce rules? Because that's a rule. Yeah, no rules. <laughs> See? I don't, I don't want no rules in my thing. You can't punk down, man. Well, just Bro. because just because I say that's what it's that's what one part of it's about doesn't mean that it's not about everything else. What the fuck were we talking about? Punk. Oh yeah, the eighties hardcore. The eighties, okay. <laughs> Bad brains, yes. Okay, they played there. <laughs> well, eventually in nineteen eighty nine, though, Hilly put an end to the hardcore shows. There was too much violence from the start. Dude was plagued with the fucking violence. I mean, muggers would come in. He confiscated so many knives from them. And yeah, and the hardcore shows. Well, that's what they were. They were there. The they edge. didn't listen to anybody's rules. They did whatever they wanted to, and they took whatever they wanted to. And it wasn't just the punks. I mean, it was the neighborhood. Yeah. You know? Bad neighborhood. So in 1992, uh, Nirvana actually canceled their show because they couldn't afford the $300 door and security expense. Uh, isn't that something they probably should have thought of before they booked themselves there? <laughs> Nirvana, uh, you're aw- now that is probably like I know they're grunge, but that was pretty punk of them. <laughs> like, right? like whatever we'll play. Oh fuck, we got to pay money. Nah, never <laughs> mind. We're good. We're good. We're good. Earlier, before that, it was said that there was a secret show played in 1991 by Pearl Jam, just for <laughs> just for the <laughs> fan club. It's a Pearl Jam fan club. It's a secret. Jeremy's fallen. Craig, it's a secret. It's not a secret anymore. Yeah, that's what we do on Fairpoint. Little did you know, we you blow the lid off of conspiracies. Yeah, Pearl Jam, but you didn't think anybody else would find out about that. Um, unfortunately, also in 1992, <sighs> Dave Matthews. Are you really? There. And are you really though? Because I was about to say that too. Really, what I just said. All right, hold on. Before we even Dave Matthews Band, let's talk about Dave. Ma- let's can we not live about Dave Matthews Band? Okay, I'm not uh, a big Dave Matthews fan, but you, dude, you cannot say that Dave Matthews Band is not a good band. I don't like him at all. I, I, I didn't. Really... No, no, no. You can totally say you don't like him. They're like effective. I said, I like a couple songs, but I don't even like a couple songs. That's, like that's fair. They're... That's fair. You don't have to like them. They dude. have a huge fan I, base. Dude, I totally get it, but you're really going to say they're no I don't want you to say you don't like them. You're really going to say they're not a good band? Um, I feel like if I did it would go against everything no. I've lived for the last like 10 years. I don't understand. Or 15 years. Yeah, that's the one I meant to say. How does it go against everything you Because I've constantly said how much I hated them. I don't want to give them any respect. I don't know. I really oh, dislike, you feel like if you I really were, dislike okay. Dave Matthews' band. I really, really dislike no, them. No, that's fair. I feel like dislike them as much as you want. They're a very talented It's funny. It's funny, though. There are, there are things I dislike, but I will give them credit for what they've done. But I just – it's not – I don't think I can. Okay. I can give them for credit for being very successful. My perspective, very, very successful band. Okay, I don't think that's fair, man. Successful, yes, of course they're successful, but I don't think that's all you owe them, man. I feel. I don't like, owe them shit. Dude, 
I totally get not liking Dave Matthews. Because, I absolutely hate because, the sound of it in yeah, my ears. I listen to it and I get that, dude. I hear that totally. And I'm like, uh, other than the one or two songs. And, you, know? you know what? It just, but, it just feels like, but dude, it feels like fake college folk to me. Okay. But it's, but the thing is, I don't think that's it's not, it doesn't feel genuine. I don't it really think, doesn't. I don't. Okay. That's fair. If you, if that's how you feel, that's fair. But I don't think that's fair. Like, I feel like... <laughs> is it I feel fair like, or is it not fair? I, I don't feel, even know what's going on anymore. I feel like their style... Oh, I know. Is okay, I no, gave no, no. Dave Matthews a blowjob in front of the Statue of Liberty. Oh, all right. In 1994. All right, Queen Zeal. <laughs> that's what I was thought. That's what I thought. They say okay. it was CBGBs. They say Hilly Crystal got him the deal. But listen, it was that. really me. Without the, I worked out a threesome not, between me, Hilly, and Dave. I'm not too proud to let that scruffy motherfucking nerve hurt her. Take the, all and, the credit and, for Dave Matthews. And, but we say let's that. Be honest. I yeah. say that because because that's a very derogative word for other people to call them a scruffy nerve herder. Look, if you want a nerf herd, that's your business. But look, I feel like Dave Matthews, man, they are talented. While their songs do sound very tame and often bland, they don't just do the same old shit that's expected of every rock or pop band. Okay, I'm going to give and them this. I'm going to give them this. Since for what they are, they are definitely very good at live performances. Because they're one of those jam bands that'll sit there and take a three-minute song and turn it into a fifteen-minute. There's nothing spectacle. wrong with that, though, man. No, there I'm really not saying that there is. That. I'm, that's what I'm saying is one of fuck. One of my favorite uh, folk bands slash indie bands, whatever. I, I don't even know about genres anymore. But <laughs> is My Morning Jacket, and they do the same thing. So it's not saying that, and you know, that's not the reason why I hate them. I'm saying that's one of their their upsides. That's one thing I was actually giving Dave Matthews Band <laughs> is that they can do that. You know, they're better, way better live experience than on a record, which you really can't say for a lot of bands, honestly. Oh, my God, I'm giving them credit. <laughs> <laughs> we should just move on before you have a mental breakdown, nah. right? Like, well, look, okay, this is basically what happened, okay? Hilly Crystal was so impressed at Dave Matthews' sound check that he called every major record label and only RCA showed up. Yeah, if only they stayed they asleep them. that day. They decided to, to sleep in. Unfortunately, the club did fall on some hard times in the 2000s. Crystal was billed $91,000 for back rent. Jesus Christ. Right? And yeah. What he said, what, well, what he said was that he, did, he wasn't informed that there was an increase in his already $19,000 a month rent, which is a lot. Yeah. I don't know about how you rent businesses and, and how those leases work, but that just sounds like a lot to me. Dude. That's a brand new car when he started out granted this was the 70s but his rent wasn't that different from my rent for this shitty apartment he uh he should have got that shit rent controlled at the time yeah he tried to fight the decision he tried to get historic landmark status but no avail well i mean he could have kept fighting it but they agreed to let the club stay open for 14 more months after the lease expired, let him go on with his life, and eventually he just dropped his efforts and made yep. the agreement. 
And well, the last week of the club being open, there were some electric performances there. Uh, Bad Brains, The Dictators, uh, Blondie, Jobless Bob, Bouncing Souls. They all, you know, played sold out shows that last week. Was Alan Jackson's show on the last yes, week there? Actually, yeah, I, th- I believe there was. Which I give a fuck about Alan Jackson, but that's kind of cool seeing as it is called country, bluegrass, right. and blues. Right. Uh, the final concert, right before the club was closed on October 15th, 2006, was performed by Patti Smith. Woo-woo, Patti Smith! Yes, what, what you said. Uh, she yeah! She got plenty of, well, I, I don't want to say help, but a lot of people accompanied her for guest spots throughout the concert, like uh, Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, Television's Richard Lloyd, they even played a uh, tribute song for the Ramones. Blah, 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 that blah, was blah, that. blah, blah. Uh, Hilly Crystal, actually, he originally planned to move the club all the way to Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, it ne- um, never work out there. Well, he was going to strip the whole club down to, like, bare bones. Just, dude, he, he said he was going to bring the urinals. Basically, this is a direct quote. We're going to take the urinals. I'll take whatever I can. The movers said, you ought to take everything and auction off what you don't want on eBay. Why not? Somebody will. He was going to strip it all down, but unfortunately, that never came to fruition. Yeah, unfortunately? Unfortunately, yes. Did I say fortunately? I don't know. You, you asked me unfortunately? Unfortunately? Yes, yes unfortunately. of course. Of course, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> nowadays, it's owned by fashion designer John Varvatos, the, you know, the retail line. Oh, yeah. I'm John Varvatos. Yeah. Casper. Or Casper Houses. Well, apparently, a lot of the bathroom is still preserved, as well as some of the playbills. Uh, except for the, the, walls, the but... urinals that Hilly Crystal took? No, he didn't. Oh, he right, never ended right. up doing it. But it's kind of ironic, and I mean telling, that now this one super punk rock fucking grimy, dirty scene is now this high-end fashion outlet. Yeah, it's also interesting like what happened to the Bowery area to end up becoming a place where you can open a high-end fashion store. Right. <laughs> hey. He, maybe he yang, succeeded. He succeeded in uh, cleaning up the streets. Unfortunately, though, it wasn't too long before Hilly Crystal did pass. Uh, he died from complications resulting from lung cancer on August 28, 2007. He will be missed. And Craig. Yes, sir. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I feel like we shouldn't be doing this. We deaded so many people, but do you think we could sir two people in one? We, we, we could no, it's impossible. Two people in one Preposterous. Episode? Impossible cannot happen. I, I will forbid it. I think That's he should too- be sir. We are Hilly abusing Crystal. our power. <laughs> Punk rock, man. Let's do it. No, sir there's got to be rules. There's got to be establishment. Sir Hilly Crystal. Okay. Sir Hilly Crystal. Bam. It has been done. It is decided. We cannot take it back. Uh, he deserves it, but I do feel like we're 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 giving it too much now. Like if we get to a point where we're canonizing people on every episode. No, but dude, Illy Crystal, he does deserve it, Mister Grandfather of Punk. No, you know what? No, you're right. Let's let's canonize Wait, no. the CBGB. That's the biggest disrespect we could do. To take a fucking punk rock icon and knight them? Fuck that. You are not a sir, Hilly Crystal. You are just the fucking awesome dude, Hilly Crystal. 
You are now officially awesome dude, Haley Crystal. Yeah. Who else is going to get that fucking designation? I'll tell you who nobody. Certainly wouldn't be uh, Patty LaBelle. Yeah, nobody. Yeah. Patty LaBelle will get her own designation. Yeah, it certainly isn't going to be Janice Joplin. Nobody. Nobody, just Hilly Crystal. Uh, in 2012, CBGB was relaunched as the biggest music festival in New York. Uh, well, in New York yay, City, at least. Yay. It where will did, be held this year, October 7th to the 12th. And where? Times Square, right? I don't know. Times Square. Is it? Well, it's not at the Bowery, 3 and 5, right? No, it's not. They're not, not going to play in a high-end fashion store. If I die, bury me inside a Gucci store. If I die, bury me in the CBGB store. I don't know what that was, but it was not punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> well, this morning I had one little bit of research that I hadn't quite done yet. It was a CBGB movie. I had heard of it coming out in like 2011 or 12. No, it was 12 or 13 tops. Well, no, when I had heard of it coming out. Oh, okay. And then it came out in 2013, and... It came out rather quietly because I never ended up seeing it and it took forever. And then it wasn't until, until yeah, no, it wasn't until you, we decided we were going to do this as our episode. That was like, holy fuck. There was a movie that just came, that came out last year that I totally forgot about that I wanted to watch. And I am glad that I watched it because honestly, I, I can, I think I can watch Alan Rickman do just about anything. <laughs> well, that that's <laughs> fucking definitely true. Uh, yeah, he can play a German terrorist, he can play a wizard teacher, and he can play a club owner. Now, here's something that sincerely confused me, though. I'm watching this movie, and it doesn't really hit me until about halfway through. Oh, he could also play a metronome. Alan Rickman is Alan Rickman, you know, mumbly, yeah. mumbly British it, Alan it's, Rickman. It's not quite and Hilly. Then it I might realize... not really be Hilly Crystal, but it was yeah, wait Alan a minute. Rickman. Hilly Crystal wasn't British. And wait a minute. Even in the realm of this movie, Alan Rickman talks like Alan Rickman, like he just came off the boat from England. His daughter speaks, I do not know what you're talking no, about. No, but his daughter speaks with this total Brooklyn accent. Oh, hey, oh, I'm going to be keeping a track of your books. And his mother's just a little bit of a Jewish mother. not too Jewish much, Long Island mother. Bit, just a little bit. Yeah, of a why Island. wouldn't you come in and eat your pretzels? I made you a sandwich. Sit down, sweetie. What the fuck? <laughs> like, I was so confused. I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I took it why too far. Why is Hilly Crystal? No, no, you didn't take it too far uh. at all. <laughs> I was just so confused. I was like, okay. Like, Hilly was British, his daughter was Brooklyn, and his mother was kind of Jewish. It was distracting for the rest of the movie. But I don't know. As a movie, though, besides that, what did you think, Craig? I thought it was was pretty cool. Like I said, I can watch Alan Rickman do anything. As I had led to earlier, the guy that played Ron Weasley played Cheetah Chrome from the Dead Boys. And he looked – I looked at pictures, man, swear to God, it looked just like him. You know Cheetah Chrome was in the movie too, right? Yes and no. I feel like you're bullshitting me. <laughs> it, was, it was that guy that looks like an older uh, Ron Weasley, yeah. No, it was actually kind of funny. I didn't recognize him at first, but I, I knew there was something up. Hilly puts his mom in a taxi cab, oh, was and that... he sends her home, and the taxi, dri- the and taxi she's driver... The taxi driver? Was that him? Yeah, she goes, oh, I'd rather be at home listening to some 
classical music or something. Yeah, he's like, I prefer and Beethoven to that punk yeah, rock crap Yeah, he turns myself. around and he's like, yeah, that punk rock crap gives me a headache. I prefer Be- that, whatever you just said. And instantly I was like, okay, that's definitely a cameo. Yeah. Like, I knew it. My cameo alarm went off and I was like, yeah, that's a cameo. And I was like, holy you shit, know what's that funny? was Cheetah Chrome. When I was watching the movie, I was like, you know, that kind of, that guy kind of looks like an older and more overweight Ron Weasley. <laughs> But I couldn't put my finger on it. You know who I really loved in that movie? Donald Logue. Whoever the fuck played Joey Ramone. Oh, yes. Oh, that was great. My God. That was great. Dude. That was I, him, too. I could watch that dude play Joey Ramone for days. That was him, I too. I want to see a whole movie. He's like, fuck, what song are we even playing? <laughs> he just goes on a tangent. Oh, so good. <laughs> now, it wasn't perfectly Joey Ramone, but it was a perfect cartoon caricature movie version of Joey Ramone. Yes. Perfect, dude. I loved it. That's kind of what this movie is to me. It's not... I enjoyed it. It's more it. of a caricature of what the CBGB really was. Right. I, I, I found it enjoyable watching it, but I also the whole time was like, this is a little too contrived. It's what really threw me off was gritty, the fact that uh, rock. they just kind of had in there, you know, it was like, hey, Freddie Rodriguez, you, you know, you created Planet Terror. Why don't you play a junkie? But I mean... It does kind of take the mythology, you know, and and Cements at it. least pay the mythology respect, if not the true historical accuracies, if Fair not enough. the true spirit of punk rock. It kind of like Three Hundred or Rise of the Titans or whatever the fuck. Like it, all these, it was, it was a little more better. But you know, all these new that, movies yeah. that take Greek mythology and maybe they're not true to the actual spirit of ancient Greece. But they're definitely giving this mythology a place in pop culture. And I, I kind of feel like that's what this is doing. I'm not totally sold on it being punk rock, but I appreciate that it is a mainstream pop culture representation of true punk rock mythology, if not a Fair true enough. representation of that mythology. And they really did a good job of like, Making it look like all the people didn't give a shit. You know, that's what punk rock was about. I don't give a shit. Yeah. So. To a certain. Well, no. I'm telling you, man. That's not what punk rock's about. Sometimes. Punk being free. Not no, giving a shit. No, not, not taking any control. Dude, sometimes punk rock is about nothing more than giving a shit. And sometimes punk rock is about not giving a shit. So we're just going to continue with this. You trying to make me no, look bad really, throughout the entire, the entire episode. It's just you like, oh, no, but you're wrong. Well, that's punk rock. What the fuck do you want from me? Stop being punk rock. Be my partner again. I thought we did. We agreed we'd never talk about that on air. Talk about what? Oh, <laughs> that, uh, that wasn't what I meant. CBGB, man, it's fucking dope. Did you know Peter Parker? Yeah, that's right. Spider-Man. Shh, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Toby Maguire. Yeah. Uh, visited CBGB in canon. Amazing Spider-Man annual number 14. Oh, so not Tobey Maguire. No, no. Better than Tobey Maguire. Actual, the real Spider-Man. Real Spider-Man, yeah. That's cool. It wasn't one of those, like, PSAs. And Craig, man, you have yes. to know about this. Dude, in The Simpsons, they did a whole episode parodying Sid and Nancy, who oh. were, respectively, Nelson and Lisa. Um. Correction to that. 
it wasn't the whole episode. It was uh, no, you're right. It, it was, was a third a, of the episode, yeah. one of the anthology ones that they totally. did. But yes, and instead of getting addicted to drugs, they got addicted to chocolate. And CBGBs stood for Comic Book Guys Bar. Yeah, I kind of like that name better than Country Bluegrass and Blues. <laughs> Uh, they also like Nick and Nora in Nick and Nora's infinite playlist broke into the then close oh. CBGB. It's, it's cool. I slightly like it. It remember that movie. It, it pops up in pop culture and that's what shit should do. Is and it's what's cool about pop it culture. popping up in that song is it's, it's like about that song's kind of that song. What am I an idiot? That movie Nick and Nora's <laughs> infinite playlist is kind of, it's kind of like about music. So yeah. You know, like they're making their playlist well, of their life. You know that, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. 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 There's no way no, you was, got it. Yeah. It was originally a book. Yeah. They made yeah. a movie based on it. Well, who would have thunk? They made they make movies based on books now. <laughs> it dude. happens. It happens time to time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure RoboCop was a book. You know what? Uh, there's there's a few books you should check out. Uh, the the first one I'm gonna recommend to you is Facebook. Ours in particular. That's a good book. Well, ours is our Facebook. That's actually what I call Facebook. I refer to it as the good book. I'm like the good book. Are you guys on the good book? I feel like that's why we're not getting any new people. <laughs> they probably think that you're a door to door Christianite. Facebook new religion just created it. Slash Fairpoint Podcast. Hear the good news, get right with the Lord, spread the good word. Then, when you're done with that, why not just go back over to Twitter at Fairpoint Pod? It's similar to Facebook, but different. You can follow us just like you follow the Lord. Yeah, (laughs) not at all. I see a theme here. No, don't follow us at all like you follow the Lord. Follow the Lord like you follow. That's all you do. You do. Follow the Lord like you follow us. us. Yeah, no, no. Follow (laughs) us like you follow people on Twitter and in podcasts and shit. Oh, oh. So we're not. (laughs) They should definitely follow us the same way that they follow LeBron James. Yes, follow us the same way you follow the LeBron James. About twelve million follows. We're also on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Fairpoint Podcast. We're on fucking Tumblr. Oh, yeah. Tumblr.com slash Fairpoint Podcast? Close. It's actually Fairpoint Podcast slash Tumblr.com. Ah, they do that shit backwards. I think. No, FairpointPodcast.tumblr.com. There you go. Even more different. There you go. We we were going to get it eventually. Good thing we got it now. Go head over to YouTube. We have plenty of our episodes Full episodes finally on YouTube, YouTube content. We've been promising it for so long now, and, and it's the cheap way of doing YouTube. Yeah, granted, content. it's the same content you've been getting on iTunes. Whatever, but, whatever. That's not the point. Actually, there's a there's this promo that I made. The um the shit we posted to the energy drink, the promo for the energy drink episode. Oh yeah, that's really cool. That's a good one. And that's I new. did a promo where I just sat there and pitched Fairpoint, and it got fucked up. And it's just kind of a bootleg of it. What I could salvage, but it's pretty cool. So basically what he's saying is that we put up shoddy content, <laughs> unfinished stuff uh, wait, leaked first. Do you even listen to the podcast or like, <laughs> I would like to think that I have a little bit of decorum when it comes to the podcast. <laughs> Rupert Murdoch. And there's always my other podcast, a Pokemon-centered podcast, Sylph Radio. Sylph Radio, the Pokemon podcast. 
the one and only, the no, maybe not the one and only, but the best Pokemon podcast. And uh, I do have a request, Nathan. I was on it. I did the Charmander one, and that was being on that is what reinvigorated my love to want to play Pokemon again. Okay. So now that I am more educated and more knowledgeable of Pokemon matters, I want to be on another episode. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Absolutely. Anything but Jinx. There haven't been Silf Radio episodes in a while. We posted those first three, and it's been kind yeah, of quiet you on the just, Silf uh, front. Just, just I've got shot the moon there and put all three out there. So Three more episodes, dude, and we're going to release them all. Rapid fucking fire. Of course, so then soon. you have no more episodes to back that up with. Yo, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to drop the topics right now. Episode four, Pokemon Stadium. Episode five, Lavender Town. Episode 6, The Electric Tale of Pikachu. Oh, I thought you were going to say Electric Boogaloo. That's later on. Oh, okay. That actually is a Pokemon comic. Electric Pikachu Boogaloo. Pikachu Boogaloo? You got to drop the Pikachu. Not even shitting you. You got to drop the Pikachu, though. Uh, From the secret room, I am Craig the Punk Lewis. And I am Nathan the Poser Capacer. Poser fucking Poser. He just admitted it. He did. (laughs) Beat him, beat him with a sock full of soap. Beat on the brat, beat on the brat, beat on the brat with a baseball bat. Oh yeah, the brat. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I love the Ramones as much as I love me Smiths. I think that's good for this. Are we able to move on now? Yeah, I can't believe we got so much out of that. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> that was awesome, thing. dude. Dude, the Todd, like, Air Fo- Guy Fox 5. Guy Fox 5. It's been a while. Since five, five, okay. Fox 4. You five. don't look a bend. <laughs> From the 80s. I'm, I'm saying it's just slapping the, the guy air. Fox 5. You are a fan of my Facebook page for the band? <laughs> so far, we only have two members. <laughs> but it's me, me and, me and a, no, no, It's me and a Smiths album. <laughs> in, in the radio. I unplug my headphones halfway, and it sounds like it's karaoke. And then it's me singing over the sweet, sweet tunes of the Smiths. <laughs>